ever tried to get uh, as close to the edge as you could without falling off? Anybody like that here? Anyone? Yeah? couple of you are, are thrill seekers, right? For some of you, that video was as close to the edge as you want to get, and you'd rather have some, uh, maybe we should have uh, put out some, uh, some Valium or something for you to chill out after that video. I, I don't know. But uh, some of us like that adrenaline rush, that little bit of danger, right? We, we don't heed the warning signs, and, and, and all too often, it gets us into trouble. We've been talking about margin. Uh, this is uh, uh, week four. Um, uh, margin is all about having more than we need, right? Uh, margin on a sheet of paper is that, uh, that, that place around the edge so that you don't uh, uh, go off the page. And so what, the, what you have on the page is readable, right? And, and in life, margin is having breath at the top of the stairs, money left at the end of the month, time to breathe in your day, or maybe several feet and a railing between you and the edge of the cliff, right? That's, that's margin. Uh, most of all, in this series, we've been, we've been finding out that developing margin in our lives starts with a commitment to live life with God. Because what happens in the margins determines what gets written on the pages of our lives. And so if we're spending time with God in the margins, it determines and changes everything that, that then we do uh, through the course of our lives. We've covered a, a couple of specific areas, right? We talked about uh, margin in our time and, and margin in our money. Uh, but, but margin is, is a great thing to put into practice in, in, in a whole lot of areas. In, in the book, there are many, many chapters. We only hit a, hit a few of them. Uh, it, it, uh, we can we can have margin in our sleep patterns, margin in our energy use as we take care of our physical bodies. I mean, living life on the ragged edge is not recommended because when you hang out on the edge, you're bound to slip at some point. There's no buffer. There's no margin for error. There's, there's, uh, there's no extra resources to fall back on when the unexpected happens. And and it's not just for our physical health or, or for our financial benefits. Ultimately, uh, if you and I are living with margin, we're more available to God. Because we're not so caught up in all the, all the stuff of life, we're available to what God wants to do. Because life is best when it's lived with margin. And so today we uh, we, we take a uh, take a little turn. Like I said, it, this this isn't a specific chapter in in Swenson's book, but uh, but uh, it, it may be. I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's the most important. But it may, it probably is the most important because we, today we're tackling the issue of moral margin. In other words, how do we make sure there's a distance? Uh, there is distance between us and temptation and sin. Uh, how, uh, the the buffer, the, the the margin between us and temptation and sin. Maybe I've told you this story before, uh, but uh, when I was in college, several of my buddies uh, uh, we got in the car and we were traveling to a friend's wedding out of state. And, and we had started out early and I was, I remember I was sitting behind the driver and, uh, we were all, uh, all of us that are riding along, we're bored and sleepy as you tend to get as you're just heading down the high, highway. Uh, partway through the trip, we found out the driver was also bored and, and sleepy. Um, I had nodded off when I woke up pretty much, uh, the, the car was kind of up in the air and, uh, we were bouncing and, and going and, and anyway, uh, what, what had happened was that the driver had dozed off. And the car had drifted from the right lane to the left lane to the cement uh, uh, guardrail there. And, and so the, the car had kind of ridden up on the guard. It just It's designed to do this. You, you kind of, it kind of sent us back down into the, into the road. Of course, we woke up. The driver woke up. We pulled off to the side. And, um, 
and all was well. As, as I recall, the car had lost both of the hubcaps on that side and was scratched up up and down the driver's uh, side, but everybody was fine. I say everybody was fine. The driver really wasn't fine because the car was his future father-in-law's car, and so there was some explaining to do after, after he got back. But, but we were still heading down the road. Uh, the, the guard, we had uh, gotten banged up a little bit on the guardrail, but, but uh, it had kept us from experiencing real disaster. And so we enjoyed the, the rest of the day. We went to the wedding, and everybody stayed awake the whole way there and all the way home guardrails. That, that story emphasizes to me how important guardrails are. And, and if you think about it, guardrails are located uh, near dangerous places, but in the safe zone, in the buffer, in the margin, intentionally positioned. So if we bump up against the guardrail, uh, they keep us from disaster, right? It's, it's not pleasant to hit a guardrail, but, but think of what could happen if it wasn't there. So now we bring that into the the context of our moral lives. Every desire, every temptation that we have needs a buffer, a guardrail that we encounter before we get to the edge of disaster. The temptations in our lives need margin. So think about what tempts you. Uh, it's probably different for each of us, but we're all tempted by, uh, by certain things, uh, certain things more than other things. I mean, maybe you're tempted by a double cheeseburger. Or maybe you're tempted, maybe you're, you set your sights a little higher and it's a lobster tail, right? Or, or maybe it's a hot fudge sundae, or maybe now some of you are planning all of those things for your Sunday dinner. I don't know, uh, some of us are tempted, uh, I mean, there's so many things we're, we, we te- we're tempted by. We could go through the, the list of sins today, right? No. Some of us are tempted to spend more money than we should. Some of us, maybe it is eating. For others, maybe it's looking at things we shouldn't on the computer or in a magazine. Some people are drawn toward inappropriate relationship at work or school. Maybe you're tempted to gossip or to slander other people. Maybe you're tempted by substance abuse or maybe it's controlling your anger. We all have certain things that tempt us, that draw us towards sin and away from God. And there are consequences when you give in to those temptations. But having moral margin in our lives is like putting distance between ourselves and those temptations. They're guardrails to help us avoid the sin and the consequences. Moral margins are convictions that trigger our conscience so that when we hit the guardrail, we wake up and get back on the road before we meet with the disastrous consequences of sin. I don't know, how many times have you looked back on, on sinful choices in your life with regret, wishing that something or someone had been there to slow you down so you, you didn't go there to stop you from making that harmful decision? Or maybe they were there, but you didn't listen and you blew right past. We need margin in our lives so that we can avoid giving in to temptation because we're all tempted. James chapter 1, verse 13, uh, starts, starts this off. We'll look at several scriptures today, but uh, James says this, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away from, by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So we're all tempted, but being tempted isn't sinful. The problem is that it's tempting for a reason, right? So we're drawn to that. It's, it's tempting. It looks so great. So, we're gonna, so James says we're all dragged away and enticed. 
That word enticed in Greek is, a, is an interesting one. It literally means to hook. I don't know if you're, uh, you, you like to fish or not, but basically it could be translated there, dragged away and enticed. Uh, enticed could be translated to catch with bait. Right, so we're 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 drawn away by this temptation. We're baited and uh, and then hooked. Have you ever felt hooked by temptation as it reeled you in? I heard this years ago, and and I think it's true. As I look at society, and 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 I think it it only gets worse and worse. Uh, Many times, our society baits people right up to the line, and then mocks them when they take the bait. Just think about it a little bit. It's one major way that the, that the devil entices us or, or draws us, uh, the, the, the temptations in our life draw us toward sin. Uh, I just think of advertisements that we see. I, I mean, let me just say Victoria isn't keeping too many secrets, right? We, we know that. There's, there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of uh, things in, in advertisements, commercials, all those kinds of things, uh, and, and talking about what we wear, men and women, and, and, but then, but then uh, uh, society mocks when, when there's promiscuity that results from some of those things that, uh, that we wear or, or don't wear. Or we could, uh, we could think about uh, the issue of pornography. It's joked about everywhere. Uh, what it was considered awful 20 years ago is now just kind of the, the, the normal jokes on the family sitcoms today. And then when someone is addicted and, or acts out because of it, they are, they're looked down on and shunned. And rightly so, they should be. I'm not making excuses for that. I'm simply showing how a lack of margin is really the root here. People take the bait that is so prevalent. Students might play uh, violent video games, and then, of course, they pay dearly when they act out those scenes in, in real life, and we wonder why they might do that. Or, or we, we might see extramarital affairs in, in movies or, or shows. Usually, usually, uh, you're not going to see a love scene in a movie that's between a husband and wife, right? It's almost never, but we're entertained by affairs, and, but then when someone has an affair in real life, we wonder how they could ever do that. They're baited right up to the line and then mocked when, when they go over the edge. The, the, our culture uh, brings us to the edge, the edge of the page, the line, the precipice of disaster, and then mocks when we take the bait and go over. Our society has no margin and then wonders why so many people fall off the edge. It's one of the major ways that our spiritual enemy, Satan, entices us into sin. So not only do we have that, that, uh, that, that, that internal drive, that internal temptation, urges that, 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 that entice us and lead us towards sin, but the devil is, is also, and you, you, know that, you know that we have an enemy, right? It's, it's not just us, but, but we have an enemy. The devil would like nothing better than to see you fall off the edge. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour so resist him standing firm in the faith. Ephesians 6, 10, and 11, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Why? So you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. John 10, 10, Jesus talking about the devil calls him a thief. He says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You have an enemy who wants to draw you into sin. And when we lack moral margin in our lives, it makes his job real easy. 2 Peter 3.17 says, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. 
Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, uh, for everything you do flows from it. 1 Corinthians 16.13, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be create, courageous, be strong. Be on your guard. What does that mean? Well, well I, I think it involves three things. You need to know the danger, you need to respect the possibility of, of what that could bring, and you need to minimize the risk. This is how we guard ourselves against temptation. This is, this is part of building those safeguards, that moral margin. Uh, we know the danger. We know that there's, there are sin, there's sin and the consequences of sin, and, and those things are real. We need to know that. We need to respect the possibility. I could actually uh, be tempted and drawn into that. It is possible for me to do that. I, I respect the possibility that that might happen, and so therefore I need to minimize the risk. I need to put up safeguards that will keep me from going over the edge, from being drawn into, enticed into that. So the question I think we always need to be asking ourselves, how are you making sure there is distance between you and temptation and sin? What margins do you have in place that keep you buffered from going over the edge? For instance, this is just a goofy little thing, and, and, uh, but maybe not goofy, but uh, just in, in our uh, long time, Rebecca, a long time ago, Rebecca and I set up the boundary about uh, movies and shows that we watch. I, I mean, this was eons ago, long time ago. Uh, uh, we decided that we weren't going to watch anything that was rated R or worse. Just, just that's, that's just what we did. So back then, uh, when you'd go to Blockbuster Video, anybody remember? Rest in peace, block, Blockbuster Video, right? But it, it made the trip a little longer to Blockbuster Video because you go through and peruse the shelves and, oh, I heard of this movie. You pull it off. The first thing you look at, what's it rated? Oh, it's rated R. I don't even have to read what the movie's about. I just put it back because we had that margin. We had that guardrail in place. We just move on. Didn't make the cut. It was uh, not even going to going to try. Now, of course, uh, streaming services, we don't have blockbuster video anymore, but uh, we, we have to do the same thing. And it does take an awful long time to find something worthwhile <laughs> to watch sometimes. Pro tip, maybe, maybe if you know this, maybe you don't. If, if you pull up your Netflix and it says now trending on Netflix, probably not worthwhile to watch. I'm just, just letting you know that. You, you, you can just maybe put that guardrail. If it says trending on Netflix, maybe it's not worth watching. Um, is our guardrail foolproof? Of course not. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there have been something, and at times, uh, if it was uh, uh, an issue or a, a, a film that we thought had historical significance or those kinds of things, and, and we, we might, even, uh, might even go ahead and watch that, but a lot of times we've probably missed some things that were quality entertainment or whatever. Or at other times, you know, there are things that aren't appropriate, that aren't rated R, and, and so we would have uh, seen those things. They maybe had to turn something off, whatever. But, but we've set up a guardrail. It's just, just a just a goofy example in our family, uh, get set up a guardrail, we're not going to go through it. And it keeps us from seeing things that might drag us towards sin. Just, just, just a little example. I mean, you say, well, is that in the Bible? Well, kind of, sort of, right? I mean, the Bible doesn't talk about ratings in movies, because there weren't any movies being rated, but, uh, but it does talk about spending your time and attention on good and noble things. It, it talks about avoiding sin by not putting any evil things before our eyes. And, and, and I think that question, is that in the Bible? Well, well, that's a good question to ask when we're talking about moral margin. That's maybe the question to ask because in order to develop, to develop moral margin, you have to know what's in the Bible and you have to listen to what God says. 
that's an essential part of being on your guard. If you don't know what God is saying, you don't know what to guard against. You don't know what he says is wrong. You don't know what he says is right. We've got to spend time in his word. I mean, this has come up every single week in this, in this series on margin. Time with God and his word is an essential margin activity that will keep you centered on him and away from temptation and sin. Because you shouldn't just be hanging out on the edge. When I was a youth pastor, man, in another lifetime, I guess, many years ago, virtually every year we would, we would spend time tackling the topic of godly relationships. And it was inevitable, someone always, as we spent two or three, four weeks talking about godly relationships and what, what, uh, what it meant to uh, be uh, pure and holy in our, in our dating life and all those things, and then it was inevitable, somebody would always ask, Pastor Pete, where's the line? How far is too far? They wanted to know the lines in their dating relate, And I gave some specific answers. These are some guardrails you can put in place. These are some lines. And, uh, and hopefully ha- uh, help some students uh, avoid sinful choices. But, but ultimately, I don't know, can we agree that's the wrong question? In essence, uh, by asking that question, you're saying, how close to the edge can I get without falling over? Maybe it's kind of like a question that maybe has been floating through your heads through this series. How little margin can I get away with? Is, uh, maybe, maybe you've thought that uh, consciously, maybe subconsciously. Yeah, pastor's talking about margin, but uh, yeah, well, you know, I can, I can fudge a little bit here or there, right? It's, it's really the, the, the question, uh, it, it's not really the question that we want to be asking. Uh, unfortunately, though, many people uh, live their spiritual lives asking the question, in essence, how far away from God can I go without getting into trouble, right? What, what can I get away with? I kind of thought the whole goal as Christians was to try to get as close to God as we can, not to see how far away we can be and still be considered on his good side, right? I mean, try that in a marriage. <laughs> ask, ask your spouse when you get home today how little time you can spend together and still be on good terms. Honey, is it, is it 10 minutes? Can we get by with seven? Is, is it all right if we spend? Or maybe you could say, uh, how many times is it okay to flirt with other people before you get mad? Can we ask, where's the line? We need to draw the line here. I, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like the right question we need to be asking. I mean, I mean if you don't want to be getting any closer to Jesus, you don't have to worry about having moral margin. Just don't worry about it. We can, you can just crumple this up and, and move on with it because you, you don't need to worry about buffers and resisting temptation. Just go for it, do whatever you want. But if you want to be as close to God as you can get, then you'll step away from the edge and set up some boundaries that will keep you from sin and its consequences. Our denomination, the Church of the Nazarene, has set up some, some guardrails in the margins for us. They are, they are things that the church has, has taken a stand on that, 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 that might not necessarily be sinful, but they are guardrails to keep us away from the edge of temptation and sin and help keep us connected to God. Uh, you won't regret these things. I mean, if, if you, you, I don't think you'll ever say, oh man, all my trouble started when I started following the guidelines of the Church of the Nazarene, right? I, I was doing great, bebopping along, everything was fine, and all my troubles began when I decided to do what that church told me to do and establish some moral margin. I mean, if you've gone through the membership class, and this is review for you, but, but in, in the church manual, uh, they, uh, they, they uh, talk about and, and kind of lay out for us some, some good guidelines, 
It's in the chapter called The Covenant of Christian Character and Conduct. Right, And so basically the, the, it just says, you know, we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to follow all the, 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 the leadings of scripture and that then it's going to show up in your life maybe this way. Right? And, and, and so the, the overall, the kind of, if you're going to summarize it, uh, if you want your character, the short version I guess is if you want your character to look more and more like Jesus, then you'll do a couple of things. You'll, you'll love God and you'll avoid sin. The, uh, those, those are two things that you need to do. And, and, and those are great guardrails uh, that are established. Uh, and, and the first one, you, you need to love God. You need to uh, spend your time with God. Practicing the means of grace. That, uh, habits that draw you closer to God. Uh, things like reading your Bible and, and studying your Bible and, and, and time for prayer and fellowship with other believers and, and worship and, and serving God in ministry. All these things help you grow in your relationship with God. If your focus is on Jesus and becoming more like him, you won't even get close to the edge. I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, let's say, oh, this is probably sacrilegious, let's say that's Jesus. Probably doesn't look like him, although I don't think we have any photos. But uh, uh, so this, let's say that's Jesus, and uh, I'm going to try to get as close to Jesus as I can. I'm not going to try to stay on the edge and say, we still good, Jesus? We okay? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still with you. I'm kind of, no, if I'm trying to get closer and closer and closer to Jesus, I don't even worry about where the edge is because the edge is so far away. I'm trying to get as close to him as I possibly can. I'm not going to be worried about how, whether I'm going to slip off. We're pursuing Jesus, not flirting with sin. A huge part of creating moral margin is doing whatever you can to fall more and more and more and more and more in love with Jesus. It's not about drawing lines and and having boundaries and fighting over where that line might be and maybe I would draw the line here and you would draw the line there and somebody else would draw it here and somebody else. uh, We're we're not gonna, because we're so in love with Jesus. and of course, then the, the church says, well, there's some specific things. Then if we're going to avoid sin, well, what are we avoiding and how do we do that? And so they take a stand on a whole lot of things. And I don't have the, the, the manuals in my office. If you want to take a look, it's on, online, nazarene.org. You can look it up and read it. If you've been, again, through the membership class, you've heard all these things. But scripture says, uh, for instance, one of the things in there talks about, scripture says, well, don't get drunk, right? And so the church says, well, if you're not drinking, you're not going to get drunk. And so there's a, a boundary, a, a guardrail in the margin to keep you away from, well away from the edge. The Bible says to spend your time on things that are, that, that are holy. So there's a section that talks about avoiding entertainment, whatever media outlets there might be, avoiding entertainment that, that uh, promotes uh, sinful behavior. And, and, and so you just draw that boundary and, and keeps you well away from the The Bible talks about honoring God with our money and, and being good stewards of what he's giving. And so there's a, there's a little paragraph in there that talks about gambling. I don't think any of you won the big lotto thing this week. And that's, so we can talk about that later. Many of you have asked whether if you did win, if, you, if it was okay to tithe on that. And that's a whole other conversation, right? There's more, and it's not, it, it's not about stifling. It's not about drawing lines and getting legalistic about stuff. It's not about ruining your fun. Simply guardrails to put up in the margin of our lives in an effort to avoid sin and get closer to Jesus. Some of the margins that you set up personally in your life might seem foolish or extreme to someone else. 
Maybe you deal with, because you know yourself, you deal with certain temptations that maybe they don't. And so you know that it's safer for you to, to avoid certain things. And, but uh, so maybe somebody says, well, that's extreme. Well, aren't these extreme circumstances? I mean, the devil is out to destroy us. Society is helping him. You have desires within you that urge you towards sin. And so we have to be on our guard doing whatever we can to put distance between ourselves and temptation. Several times uh, we have been up to Niagara Falls. Ever, anybody, you've been to the falls? It's only three, four hours away, right? Literally right now, if you go to the falls, uh, you can see this sign. I took this picture uh, when I was, uh, one of the last times we were there. Literally, I don't know if you, there's a picture of a guy doing that. He's not, he's not, you know, defacing the railing. He's trying to climb over and it says no climbing over the railing. I mean, why do they need the sign? Because somebody's done that, right? Somebody has <laughs> tried to climb over the railing to get a little bit closer. Even with guardrails in place, people have climbed. They've ignored the warnings. They put themselves in danger just to get a little closer, just to get the, the, the picture. Uh, I mean, how close can I get without going over? Wrong question. How much more can I fall in love with Jesus? Right question. Establish moral margin 